Spring training game one officially in the books. Got to see some long balls today. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit a line drive home run 111 miles an hour off his bat. Addison Barger was the play of the game. Hit a 96 mile an hour fastball out of the park. Santiago Espinal crushed a two run bomb. Almost feel like you kind of forget about that after the other uh, hit action we saw today. We all got to the pitch clock in action. A violation was called on the Pirates. Uh, all in all, Mr. Ben Shulman, I think an interesting and all things considered successful first outing for the very first Jays spring training game of the season, a uh, nine, seven win for the Jays over the pirates. Almost like an overload. We had everything in that game <laughs> happen, did. but yeah, I, I would agree a, a really strong performance from a lot of the key guys you were looking at, whether it be a star on the team like Vladdy or a prospect like Barger. And then you have some pretty good pitching performances coming in as well. You say Kikuchi, obviously someone that we'll probably hit on who uh, had a, a very strong start himself. So yeah, I mean, it's spring training. It doesn't matter too much if you win or lose, but it still feels better to win than lose. Oh, yeah, I'll take the win. I'll take you'll take any W at any time, whether it's like effectively a preseason game or a regular season or the playoffs, certainly. But uh, you take the win. Like they say, a win is a win is a win. 9-7, the win for the Jays over the Pirates to open the spring campaign. That's Ben Shulman. I'm Show Ali. Welcome to Jays Talk. Like we said, it's spring training. But if you want to give us a call and share your thoughts on the pitch clock or the play of anyone, uh, Lopez, Barger, Kikuchi, whatever you want, it's your show as always 416-870-0590 star 590 on your cell the text line is open as well 590-590 name and location that is as always the people's text line we are here for the next 20 to 30 minutes as usual you know let's start with the pitch clock ben because obviously first Jay stock of the season first real i know there was the padres mariners game yesterday but this is like our first real look at it you've had some experience in the minors with the pitch clock and the various rule changes as well. I see a text here in the text line, which made me laugh. This is from Paul. He just sent this in. I appreciate the text, Paul. It looks like he's from the GTA. His high show after watching the quicker game, I couldn't help think uh, how much the new rules will cost the Red Sox and concessions with their average <laughs> time of game going from four and a half hours to two and a half hours. It's true. Like Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, Dodgers, all the all the teams that effectively play on Sunday night baseball, all of those, all of those, those teams getting uh, their, their games like slashed, just drastically slashed. Yeah, it's pretty topical with the Red Sox mentioned, given oh. uh, <laughs> given yeah, what just went down in Fenway Park pretty recently. But yeah, it was. I, I know in the minor leagues, it was. I mean, where revenues in the ballpark are are such a big deal, it actually was a pretty legitimate concern of a lot of teams. Obviously, you know, the Fenway Group makes its money uh, off TV as much as it does anything else and stuff like that. But right. uh, it it was crazy. I mean, it it's Major League Baseball kind of the same but also in a way we've never seen it before like it's a big it doesn't feel so huge but it's also a huge change the pitch clock too what do you make of the what do you make of the just gigantic digital clock behind the batters like it's (laughs) it's kind of exciting to see a clock tick down by the second and you heard ben and arden talk about it during the radio broadcast but there's also a timer that ticks down between the top and bottom of every inning right so as as exciting as it is like i do enjoy watching it because you kind of get a sense of uh, what are they going to do? Like a sense of anticipation to a certain degree. It's also kind of stressful to yeah. have a, a timer <laughs> on the screen and in view at all times. Like, I get it. It's necessary to inform the viewer. Um, but I just think it's funny to think that it could be on the screen. I know Jeff Passon tweeted out um, there, you know, for those concerned, the pitch clock, this is from his Twitter account for those concerned that the pitch clock is so prominent 
In the background of at-bats during spring training games, the plan in big league ballparks is for it to be out of view of the center field camera. In other words, TV viewers will not see the physical clock during pitches. I find that fascinating because there is something, I think, added with the digital clock just ticking away. And you were telling me also that there's a clock in the like for the, the batter field, to see, yeah. right? So there's so with that as well. That I I like that, and I think it's it's good because you need, these players need to know what's what's going on with the clock. But uh, I still think that even if it's not being shown on the TV broadcast, I would like to be aware of it as a viewer personally. Yeah, I, I think so. And you'll really want to be aware of it if a guy has already made violations right. or has come close or it's a big spot like what happened in the Red Sox game today. So yeah, I think it's good that that big digital scoreboard is clock is probably not there because it's not that visually appealing. It's arguably distracting for the eye when you're trying to watch just the catcher and the batter and you see this light up thing in the corner. But if there's a way, you know, that broadcast incorporated on a score bug, or maybe it's just announcers being really diligent with it yeah, and telling yeah. people about it. It does feel like something that we at least need to know about. Sometimes do I need to know the second every pitch was thrown? Probably not. Cause a lot of them are with five seconds to go, but when it's close or when a guy's already done it before, it's a story of the game. It can legitimately affect the game at least early in the year. I don't expect it to a lot late in the year. Yeah, and you said this on the pregame show before the game, but uh, by the end of the minor league season, violations were at like 0.6, like total, not just per team, but 0.6 violations for the entire game. So less than one violation yeah. a game by the by the time the playoffs basically came around. Yeah, and most of the time it wasn't, like there's you said there's a timer for in between innings, there's a timer for pitching changes in yeah. between batters. A lot of them weren't actually in between pitches because that rhythm is just going to get, built up with these guys where they know, okay, pitch came in, step out, swing, step right back in. If I'm going to do anything else, I may as well do it in the box and not get violated. So you like the shot clock idea? Like kind of, I kind of like the shot clock idea. Games? Yeah. Like yeah. having it on the score bug or maybe, I mean, I'm asking a lot of bug <laughs> operators now, but maybe like in the final five seconds or something, sure, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. at least cause the batter has to be set with eight seconds left he's not going to do a lot more than that. Why give the pitcher extra time to try and get you there? So you may as well have a clock showing at least that final stretch when the batter is set and there could be a violation before that, the first 10, seven seconds, if it's runner on base or not, probably not necessary. That's Ben Shulman. I'm show Ali. Why don't we go to the phone lines? I said it's spring training, but you want to weigh in on what we're talking about. The pitch clock. You want to weigh in on uh, Addison Barger. I see a couple of Barger texts on the text line. I'm excited to get to those, but uh, anything you want, you can give us a text at five ninety five ninety name and location, or you can give us a call four one six eight seven oh zero five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety star five ninety on your cellular device. We're being joined by Eddie from Fort Erie. Eddie, how's it going? How, how is your, uh, your off season, Eddie? Well, uh, show and then it was uh, pretty good. You know, I kept myself busy in between during the offseason watching the NFL. And okay. uh, now, that that's, now that that's out of the way, I can now look forward to baseball, which I'm very excited about because spring training in the WBC, I'm excited about that. Now, two things I want to talk about. First of all, the uh, pitch clock. I really enjoyed the pitch clock today. I mean, it, it was really good. It seemed like some of the blue, it seemed like the the Blue Jays hitters had no trouble with it at all. It's like they had, it felt like they they used it before, you know. They were so comfortable and it was so great. And I'm just glad that, um, well, actually, I, I, actually, I want, I want to retract what I said. 
can you imagine if if this happened, like if the pitch clock came down to the final game of the regular season, and let's just say that you missed the playoffs because of one little mistake? And I was thinking about that today when I was watching the uh, the ending of the uh, Red Sox and Braves game. I don't know if you guys caught what happened. I but did. Yes, a, we did. <laughs> yeah, it was a full count, and he gets called for strike three. And I said to myself, "My goodness, could you imagine if that happens in Game One Sixty Two yeah. with a playoff spot on the line?" And you missed the playoffs by, by that? Oh, my goodness. I was thinking about that the whole time when I saw that. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about was the game today because I had some visions of, uh, of what could happen between, you know, the, for the Blue Jays this season and Team Canada, WBC. I mean, Vladdy's home run today was incredible. I mean, and I thought, that ballpark in Pittsburgh is so small. It gave me that think about that how the new um, ballpark in Toronto is going to look. You know, like the uh, – the walls and stuff like that. And I'm like, my God, that's like, that's, that's exactly what could happen. And then the, um, the triple that uh, Otto Lopez hit um, to, to right field. I mean, now granted Connor Joe is no Mike Trout or Mookie Betts, but that kind of a play like that makes me think, you know what? That's the kind of a spark that, that could give team Canada. If they're down by like uh, a run in a WBC game. And today with Kikuchi on the mound, I just said, you know what? Yeah, we've been all over him all, since he came here, but that first start really helped Kikuchi because if he didn't pitch good today, man, my God, everyone's going to talk about, oh, here we go again, here we go again. So today was kind of so today was pretty encouraging for me to see. But first spring start, not to get too excited, but but I like what I saw. Eddie, appreciate the call. Nice to hear from you. Glad you uh, called in on the first spring training edition of uh, of Jay's talk. So okay, so a lot a lot that Eddie said, Ben. Uh, first of all, the Red Sox situation, which we kind of alluded to a couple times. It was a uh, Red Sox Braves tied six, six and bottom of the ninth inning tie game, full count bases loaded and a pitch clock violation resulted in a strikeout and the game ended in a tie. Yeah. So that that's what Eddie's talking about. Now, again, like games are obviously not going to end in ties during the regular season. That's like a very spring training thing. But at the same time, like that, you could have a situation like that that sends a game to extras and then you get like victimized by the ghost runner or something like that in extras because of a, a pitch clock violation. Uh, yeah, it'd be a pretty tough pill to swallow. It would be. I, I personally never saw it make that big of an impact in the season that right. I broadcast. Now, then again, that's just my experience. It was not the experience of all 120 minor league teams, but it, it's a concern. I mean, there there's a certain drawback that you take. I, I would say, again, I don't think it's likely by game 162 that a batter would even give the opportunity like Manny Machado as a, as a joke, obviously, right. just that I might be going down. Oh, one a lot this year. There probably will be guys <laughs> who will get caught a lot in the beginning and they'll just make the adjustment. They're yeah. pro athletes. They'll figure it out. So it, it's not awesome. It's not your favorite way to see a game. end. maybe the most un-American sentence ever is a clock ended a baseball <laughs> game in a tie, but at the same time, it's a spring training game. And if this is where it needs to happen, so that guys in the ninth inning really start to think about it, maybe this ends up being a good thing in the long term because the next guy up in a real game where it's three, two and the base is loaded might just not even get out of the box. Yeah, it's true. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so interested to see what the adjustments are. I, I tend to agree with you that what will likely happen more often than not, especially, especially as we get further along into even spring training, much less the regular season, but people will make these adjustments. Like there's no, there's no way 
they don't make those adjustments because they're all professional athletes. Like you said it, that you already seen it at the minor league levels for guys who yeah. are like career minor leaguers. And it's going to be, it's going to be a, again, maybe not an easy change, but it will be a change that the major leaguers make before too long. I like, don't get me wrong. I, I fully expect the first eh, like two to three weeks of regular season baseball to be kind of chaotic. And, yes. and, and it usually is. I feel like the last couple of years, being kind of irregular because of COVID and like, and the, the like the 60 game season and the ramp sticky up and stuff. ramp down. Yeah. I mean, the beginning of the sticky <laughs> stuff, Max Scherzer took his pants off in a, in a ballpark. Now we don't talk like guys get searched. No one t- complains about that anymore. Cause no one cares. Yeah, exactly. Like we, we went from like guys having confrontation. There was a diamondbacks game last year where yeah, the, the guy like true. Went barked, a at the, still, barked at the, yeah. but like those happened. So it was so few and far in between. That. Yes. I, I, I don't think it's going to be a huge issue. I, I like, don't be wrong. It's going to be a little, a little crazy to start the season, but uh, yeah, I am curious to see what happens going forward. Uh, let's continue talking about the rule changes. You want to get your sentiments in five ninety five ninety is the text line name and location, please. So we can give you a shout out on the air and uh, let's go back to the phone lines 416-870-0590-188-660-590 star 590 on your cell david calling in from toronto david what do you how do you feel about the pitch clock like what's your take on the rule changes the rule changes i really not that greater fan of but i have two rule changes for baseball that sure. i've been having let's for have over it. 20 years the first one is that on a full count two out pitch that if there's a med- if there's a ground rule double hit up the middle of the diamond, that the runner on first will be awarded home plate, because he's already running on the pitch. He'd be out of the uh, practically the second base before the ball would leave the outfield. And if say he happens to bounce the ball over the fence, he definitely would score. But to, to that he would have to stop at third is ridiculous. That's rule change number one. Rule change number two is I'd like to see that the that the to- keep a season long total of interleague play in whichever league has the most victories at the end of the season. That is the league that gets awarded the extra game in the world series. Okay. All right, David, I appreciate the call. Thanks for calling into Jay's talk. What do you think, Ben? I really like the second one, especially now that the schedule's balanced for the first time. That's true. So you could yeah. really, you'd be hard pressed to argue that someone could have some sort of advantage there. I don't think you really could anyway, but That'd be kind of fun. I mean, it's it's a tough thing. Like, you wouldn't be thinking about it every time you played an NL team. There's far too many games yeah, yeah. and far too many teams you're relying upon. But it would be fair, I think, in a way. I mean, I certainly, you know, there are more fair and less fair ways to do it, and they've experimented with both of those in the past. But I think that's interesting. And then with, you know, he specifically was talking about runner scoring from first in the bases loaded situation where they'd be running on contact right, on right. a ground rule double. I think in general, there are some people around baseball that feel like a runner from first maybe should just be allowed to score on a ground rule double now these days yeah, anyway, yeah. because it's almost automatic. Like, and let uh, no offense, but first name that came to my mind, unless Daniel Vogelbach is on first base or someone of a comparable speed, you're probably scoring like 80% of the time or whatever. So I like it. I'm open to it. Yeah, I, I definitely like that. I don't, I have, I don't really have a huge problem either way with the, uh, the first one, but I do like the, the rule for the, for the, uh, the ALNL thing. Cause they, they, uh, they don't do that anymore for the for the all-star game, right? No, like, they yeah. took it out of the all-star yeah. game. So, I mean, and now, you know, they give it in a fairer way, Yeah. but yeah. at the <laughs> at the same time, it would be kind of fun. And I do think, you know, so there've been rule changes in the NL. Like I felt like when I was younger, the AL and NL had a distinct character to yeah. them. Not so much anymore. Right? Not so, It's more like conferences now. Yeah. 
And a lot of that, I think, had to do with the DH versus no DH. It changed the style of play. You could bring some character or some AL versus NL back to the game by the fact that it's just a good thing when an AL team would beat an NL team unless they were in your own division. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Like, I, I, it does, like, this kind of getting off topic, but it does beg the question to a certain degree, what's really the point of having, like, an AL Cy Young Award or an NL Cy Young Award if, like, if nothing the really aren't is... that distinct. Yeah, what's the, really the point? Like, what's really the point of having an AL or NL MVP at this point? Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, I th- like, well, his, like history, basically, is yeah. what it is. <laughs> you give out more awards, yeah. but, like... You know, should should Sandy Alcantara or like just pick, you know, should they have been recognized the sole person for that award, essentially? Yeah. It's Would a, that be better? Yeah, it's an interesting conversation. I honestly I kind of support them just doing away with separate separate uh, league MVPs at the, at this point. I, I I when the DH was still a thing only in the AL, I was I was kind of more because for, it's two different styles. Because it, yeah, it was very different, but that's not so much a thing anymore. But either way, I think it's uh it's, it'll be interesting to see what other rule changes that we haven't. We didn't get to see too too much of today. In effect, beyond the pitch clock, the pitch clock is going to be the thing we talk about the most, I believe. But you know, the the shift, the lining up on other sides of the of second base, the bigger bases. We didn't see too many stolen no. bases. I don't think we saw the any step stolen offs. Base. Is going to once stolen bases are real, the step yeah. off rule. People are going to start paying a lot more attention to that because I think that impacts the game a lot more than the clock. Well, does. you you brought up to me maybe a way to cheat. Maybe it would, would be perhaps well, the idea of like the catcher, maybe some back picks. We there. saw it today. Yeah, we did. Danny Jansen picked off. That doesn't count as a disengagement. So you're only allowed three technically, but if you fail the third one, you're really only allowed two because if you yeah, fail the yeah. third one, it's a balk. So you're only allowed three pickoffs from the pitcher, but the catcher can do everything he wants both to do pickoffs and kill five, six seconds a clock for yeah. his pitcher. I suppose the danger is like, if you just, if your catcher is not sailing, right yeah, and, yeah. and then you have worse problems on your hand, I suppose. But, and if people started lobbing it, like, I think they'd crack down on it in yeah, a way yeah, if, yeah. if you were really blatant. Interesting. Honestly, I, I do. I do wonder what, um, it's not like sneaky <laughs> necessarily, but just I mean, people will try and find ways around things. That's just for the nature sure. of like, humanity. You should. <laughs> there, there was a player for the minor league team that I worked for last year that, Batters are only allowed to call time once. Right. He just called it every single at bat. He every single at bat or plate appearance the entire season. <laughs> he made sure to call it. And that isn't even working around the rules. But guys are just going to find, you know, there's slightly new rules to the game. They're going to find a way to maximize what they need to do. More hook slides because bigger bases, stuff like that. That's Ben Shulman. I'm Show Ali. You're listening to Jay's Talk. Let's hit a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue with your calls, your text as well ton of text on the text line 59590 you're all very excited that baseball's back i'm excited that baseball's back so is ben so is tom we can't we, we've been waiting so long for it i feel like after the final out of the world series i was already waiting for <laughs> blue jays baseball so i'm very happy it's back even if it is just spring training more jays talk on the other side of the break on sportsnet.ca the sportsnet app and as always the sportsnet radio network Laddie crushes one left center field you can forget it that one gets planted in the palms out beyond the walking deck in left center field vladimir guerrero jr charges his first of the spring absolutely no doubt on a two-run homer from vladimir guerrero jr Blue Jays knife into the lead, now down 4-3. That is Ben Wagner 
mid-season form, I would say. And after the game one of the spring training campaign, Vladdy Jr. crushing a ball 111 miles an hour off his bat. Very impressive stuff. Uh, always fun to see the stars get into get into uh, big hits pretty much right away. And uh, Vladdy did that today. 9-7, the win for the Jays over the Pirates to open the spring campaign. Welcome back to Jays Talk. Show Ali, Ben Shulman with you for another 20 minutes or so. Uh, let's get to the text line, Ben. A ton of texts about the pitch clock, about Addison Barger. Again, 590, 590, name and locations where you can reach us. So Marcus says, don't be surprised if Barger is in the majors by mid-July. I, I like that. I'm a big fan of uh, of Addison Barger. Like I said, I joked in the pregame show, but that guy is ripped. Like he is just absolutely. And I, again, I know spring training is the time of year where everyone's in the best shape of their lives, but he, like, he, he very much looks it. I remember Ben, I was talking to Ben yesterday on Sportsnet today and he was um he he said that when when uh, Barger puts on one of those like you know athletic compression shirts he looks like he's like carved out of a block of granite <laughs> essentially so uh, and, and I mean he looks that he has the look he absolutely smoked the home run which is the play of the game today um I see uh the uh, the barge from Colin in Burlington maybe that's going to be the new nickname the barge the barge getting uh getting that from Colin I see here uh, let's see. Oh, uh, there's, okay. There's no name on this text, but um, so leave your name and location if you do text us. But uh, what do you know about Barger's defense? There was mention of him playing, of him today playing third. We would really miss Chapman. That's true. Like, don't get me wrong. He's he's he is, and there are probably very few third basemen in all of Major League Baseball that are better than Matt Chapman yeah, <laughs> defensively. Maybe like two. Yeah, and maybe on it. You know. So I, I, I'm not going to even remotely say Addison Barger as a guy who hasn't even ever played in a major league ball game is better than, than Matt Chapman, but the offense is, is tantalizing enough to at least wonder about. And again, this is probably something you're going to wonder about like in July and August and next off season when it comes to what do you do at third base? But Hey, I mean, and again, one spring training is one spring training. The guy only had a handful of ABs today alone. So this is something we're not going to just monitor now, but also throughout the rest of the regular season. But it is it is an interesting glimpse into what Addison Barger maybe could be. For sure. I mean, the, the pitch that he hit was almost as impressive as how far it flew. It was a 96-mile-per-hour fastball closer to the outer part of the plate than the inside part, and he turned on it down the line. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's bat speed that you really just can't teach when you can do something like that. And yeah, you know, would I want him to start at third base over Matt Chapman tomorrow? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but uh, he, you know, he's played outfield first third in the minors. Always good to be positionally versatile. Certainly, as we mentioned in the pregame, it's not like third base is the issue you need to solve tomorrow, right. but it's not the issue that you're solving in 10 years either. It's something that they're probably thinking about. So yeah. And anyone who could play third and hit right now, is probably at least interesting to the people signing the contracts. Joel from New Brunswick says, is it too early to start speculating about the Addison Parker service time manipulation? <laughs> only, <Well. laughs> only kind of kidding. Nice to have Jay's talk back. It's, it's, it's true though. Like we, yeah. we joke a lot about the service time manipulation and, <laughs> and it happens. Right. But like you said, it's not a problem that's going to be cropping up right now or even in the next couple of months, I would assume. Yeah. But, he uh, doesn't have enough of a spot to be service time manipulated. Yeah, okay? If you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like if he gets brought up in May, it's not because of service time manipulation. It's, it's because Vladimir Guerrero plays first and Matt Chapman plays third and Dalton Varsho's in left field. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. I see a couple more uh, pitch clock texts. Um, Jim in Omimi. absolutely loved the pitch clock. That game this afternoon had lots of runs, lots of interesting baseball. I watched and lasted less than three hours. 
Um, Gary and Woodbridge, I think the pitch clock should be visible for the fans. Imagine 45,000 fans counting down in unison. That would be crazy. That would actually be kind of funny. Imagine the so Rogers they'll Center see like the that. pitch clock yeah, for sure. Yeah. To be clear, the TV fans might not see the pitch clock, but the in ballpark fans stadium, will. Yeah, yeah. I have to imagine it could happen like counting down on the pitcher to try and mess with them. I wonder if they like college basketball in the U S mm-hmm. some student sections, they'll count down the shot clock for the opposing team, but like three seconds ahead. <laughs> so if it's at 13, that's when they start going 10, nine to try and get them to mess up. So you could, you could make the pitch clock or the pitcher think he's got a lot on the pitch clock or a little on the pitch clock and really mess with them. That's that's kind of exciting. Yeah, I think I'm into I, that. I, I'm into that too. I, I mean, it's not, I don't go to many games uh, like when I'm not working, but I would. I, I guarantee you, if I was there for one, I would be 1,000 be into it. I'd, I'd, be, I'd rather do that than the wave. Oh uh, yeah. Well, my thoughts about the wave are not. You're not a fan. The of public it. doesn't agree with me. So, so you're not I'll a fan. Ba- you're not a fan of the wave. I'm not like against the wave. I put one tweet out about the wave at the playoff <laughs> game last year because it was a playoff game. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, at a regular season game, I'm not anti-wave. Uh, Jeff in Toronto says, I hate that. I like the pitch clock. I'm a traditionalist <laughs> and a clock has no place in baseball. And yet the game is so much better with it. Sigh. This <laughs> is what happened to me though. I, I last year I, I was against it, but it's, it's really hard to refute. And the, there's no clock in baseball thing. I still think in the sentiment that that statement is trying to be said, which is you can always come back. The time will never, like the time will never run out on a baseball right, team. Still, right, right. the time will run out on a pitcher to throw a pitch. But if you're down eleven nothing, you can still come back. Like it's not. So there still is kind of no clock in baseball. There's a shot clock in baseball. I see one here, uh, Derek and Keswick. The pitch clock reminds me of the play clock for the NFL, and uh, yeah. which which I, I think is a, f- a fair comparison, like yeah. a relatively apt comparison when it comes to like guys need to get this the snap off before. And and, I, and maybe it's a little different because we've kind of seen that the play clock on television, like on the bug on television for an NFL game, is not exactly what like you you how many it's times a have you, off. Yeah, it's a like off. how many times have you seen zeros on the play clock on an NF, in an NFL game? And like whoever Aaron Rodgers is still snapping the ball, like quote unquote, for after sure. it's hit zero. It happens all the time. Well, it's, it's funny you bring that up because I don't want to totally circle back, but with that Boston thing, right. There was like a shot clock versus play clock mentality early on in the pitch clock last year. Okay. Some umpires were like shot clock right when it hits zero violation. Some were more like play clock hit zero. Give it a beat. Look at the yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He still hasn't pitched violation it seemed like the play clock interpretation prevailed which is what i would prefer because it's more just about getting people moving than agreed specifically yeah. 20.0 seconds yeah then like matters. going out there and like slamming a guy for not hitting it on the, yeah. on the so exact millisecond for people yeah. afraid of the red Sox thing happening again that also i'm hoping kind of morphs into the philosophy but yeah the play clock i think the the pitch clock would be the same thing where sometimes on tv we might be screaming, it just hit zero, but really in the ballpark, <laughs> it, it hit zero a second later. Uh, let's take another break here. When we come back, I want to get to a last couple of pair of texts here. Uh, we have about 10 minutes left. And uh, William from Halifax and Jeremy and Sexsmith, uh, both texting in about Yusei Kikuchi and how his play might relate to the pitch clock. I, I, I want to get to that, and we haven't talked a lot about Kikuchi's performance or the, or the various relievers we saw. So we'll do that on the other side of the break. That's Ben Shulman. I'm Show Ali. You're listening to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet app, sportsnet.ca, and across the Sportsnet radio network. Welcome back to Jay's Talk across the Sportsnet radio network. 
Show Ali, Ben Shulman here with you for another couple of minutes. Thanks for being alongside us today. Feels good to be back. Feels good to be back in the saddle here at what I can now feel comfortable again calling baseball control. It's like this is just like the the main the the main studio, um, but uh, it's a it's it's like just it's just the studio during the season before the season, Ben, and now it's baseball. Control. Now it, baseball owns the studio yes, once again. Exactly. Uh, let's get to the text line, 59590, name and location. Still some time to send in some uh, some text, if you like, at 59590. I mentioned these two texts before. I'm going to read these, Ben, and then we can chat some some Kikuchi because Will and Jeremy both were, were into this idea. So William from Halifax, I am thinking the pitch clock may help pitchers like Kikuchi who may be prone to overthinking their pitches. With the clock, you might have to trust your catcher's calls more often uh, for example, throw the fastball more. You say, yes, <laughs> agreed. Uh, love the pitch clock. This is Jeremy Johnson in Sexsmith. Loved it, kept things moving. I'm a longtime Jays fan. Already love the change. I think it will help Kikuchi stay in rhythm and be focused. And it's it's something, it's an interesting point by by both Will and Jeremy because it was mentioned a couple times last year that maybe Kikuchi was like almost like outthinking himself, right? That he was maybe getting into his own head and thinking like maybe he he wasn't super confident with his best pitches and so was relying on the other the off speed pitches a little more and that what was like those are the pitches that were getting hit a lot last year. And again, like what it was, he pitched what two innings today, two innings, one hit, five strikeouts. Yeah. Like that's that's fine for a spring start. Yeah. That's fine. He did get behind in the count a couple of times early on, and then the, yeah. and then the first time he got ahead in the count, he fell down. He, he gave went to up field the infield. Yeah, 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 that was kind of unlucky. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that was tough. I'm not gonna hold that too, too much against the old old you say, but I, you know what? It's again like much like with Addison Barger, you're not going to lay everything in one spring training start. Like a decision is not going to be made on using Kikuchi based on two innings he pitched today. But I, I, I am intrigued to see how much he can focus in on using his best pitches moving forward. Because like I said to you in the pregame show, you say Kikuchi has got to be one of the hardest throwing left-handed pitchers in all of major league baseball. Because starting like yeah. who even really is there? Yeah. Like Carlos Rodon, I guess yeah. I get Chris sale, I suppose. And those guys are a little older, but, and, and the, and the Chris sale, I mean, how much is he going to pitch going yeah. forward? I have no idea. Right. So I, it, it's going to be a fascinating conversation to see if you say can keep it all under control. And I like what will and Jeremy said, maybe the pitch clock will force him to just go back to the bread and butter, which is for him, the fastball. Yeah, I mean, most pitching philosophy says you want to be in a quick rhythm. Like, it has changed a lot recently, but for a while, being in a quick rhythm, grabbing the ball, getting on the rubber, and just thinking about the next pitch was what everyone was told to do. And to use, like, the most overused Ted Lasso line of all time, you have to have the brain of a goldfish in the pitch clock era because you just don't have the time not to. If you sit there for five seconds thinking about your next pitch, you're not going to be ready or thinking about your last pitch. You're not going to be ready for the next one. So yeah, I, I hope so. Again, like you said, it's so hard to tell this early in spring training. He could be Cy Young for the rest of spring training, or he could not be <laughs> yeah, like, you yeah. really just don't know, but it, it was encouraging, especially you mentioned some of those off speed pitches that there were concerns about. I mean, he came back. It's kind of hard to tell. It'd be great to know exactly what he calls all his pitches going forward because there have been some changes. Yeah but there was some sort of slurve slider cutter mix of pitches that were moving from arm side to glove side that worked really effectively for him today. I mean, Statcast slash baseball savant, which isn't perfect said he used 50% sliders. I think they're combining the sliders and slurves, mm -hmm. but that's, you know, 50% 88 to 90 mile per hour pitches going left to right. That really worked for him. So yeah, it did. I, I, I am curious to see if that, if, if the, 
action he gets between now and March 30th continues to be relatively efficient for him. And again, like we talked about in the pregame show, even when things are not going well for him, he kind of still racks up the case. Like he, that's just who he is. As he a, throws hard. As he's a got pitcher. great stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, real quick, man, we got a, we got a couple minutes left here. Um, I don't think any of the relievers we saw today outside of Thornton and Hernandez are probably going to be in the majors really at all. And even the two of them, maybe not even them. Right. But it is good to see again, since the pitch clock is kind of the theme of what we've been discussing today, it is good to see the relievers work with the clock pretty well, which I think just generally speaking bodes well for how even the bullpen, not just starters, but the bullpen will mesh with how, how things go. Yeah. Relievers traditionally work much slower than starters. So these are guys that you'll actually have to watch out for more often. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. yeah, everyone worked well today. I mean, someone like Paul Fry, yes, uh, he wasn't a blue Jay, but he's pretty much been a major leaguer. So he didn't have some of the insider knowledge that maybe some of the younger guys would on working with the pitch clock. He looked fine with the pitch clock. I, I do think in general, I think the pitchers will adjust before the hitters do, to be honest. I, I still think the hitters are actually the ones with more pressure and less time. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, some of the, the major projected major league bullpen arms come out tomorrow. Can I just say that uh, Jackson Reese looks like he was plucked right out of the eighties. Like the guy has the hair and the duster. Like he yeah, just, he's... he looks like a movie character. He looks kind of, he looks like he, if I just plucked him right out of today and I put him in the movie major league, he looks like he'd fit in that movie. I was going to say, I'd be hard pressed to find a job other than baseball player <laughs> yes, that he looks yeah. like he's just backup quarterback he was born. And it was like, ba- yeah, baseball player, backup quarterback, or like, you're part of the band America, you know, like one of those, <laughs> one of those, he was going to be, he, he pitched pretty well. He's actually of the prospects and other guys that pitched today. He's one of the guys who definitely is closer to the blue Jays. Sure. I yeah, would say yeah. than some of the other ones. So it was good to see him pitch well. And he's got kind of a funky motion. Adrian Hernandez too. The screwball looked uh, yes. in, in limited action. Looked good. He, he probably only missed out on getting called up last year because of the injury. Uh, but that does it for Jay's talk today, Ben. This was fun, man. Yeah. Super fun. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to more. Yeah. We're going to be doing much more uh, throughout the regular season as well. And spring training, of course, but uh, that does it for Jay's talk. Appreciate the calls and texts as always. Like I said before, it's good to be back. It really is. Uh, ben will be with me here and there. Julia Kreutz will be. A whole bunch of people will make appearances this season. And, of course, Blair and Barker will be your frontline starters once the regular season starts on Jay's Talk as well. Jay's knock off the Pirates 9-7 to begin the spring training campaign. I'm back on Sunday. More Jay's Talk with Julia Kreutz. Baseball is back. Enjoy it, everyone. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>